0: We may be over 50, but we are still creating a life, and we are aging with attitude. And this episode is where we speak with Stephanie Raffalock, who digs deep into the
1: power of midlife. Right? I know. We loved her book so much. And we had such a fun and a deep conversation with Stephanie. I know you ladies are going to love it. But we really talked about how to embrace our age with style and grace. And I love that word. We're picking up on that word attitude. We have yeah. attitude. Yeah. So I feel inspired. It was
0: really, it was really powerful. So yeah. I'm I'm really I'm excited for everyone who's listening to to really listen to this. So get yep. ready. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to Living Visibly Over 50, a podcast where we chat about how to use your beauty and style to show up and be visible in a culture that says it's not our time to shine anymore. I'm Lisa.
1: And I'm Linda you know, the most precious time in your life starts right now. Together, Lisa and I explore all the beauty and style tools available to women over 50 that keep us connected to our feminine energy.
0: We want you to meet someone. We are so excited to have Stephanie Raffalock with us today. She's the author of two books, on women and positive aging. And my gosh, isn't that what we all need? We all need a reframe on aging. So Stephanie is here to inspire us to embrace the power of our story. Stephanie, how did I do? Is that a good introduction for you? Would you like to add? I think
2: that was a a great introduction for me. Okay,
0: good. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to get the thumbs up. All right. Well, we are- We have been waiting and waiting. It took us a while to get our, you know, recording date set up. And I'm loving the book that you sent us, Creatrix Rising. And I have a story to tell you when we get talking about it. And we have questions for you.
2: Linda, oh, good.
0: how are you doing there? Oh,
1: I'm doing great. <laughs> Just I'm l- not feeling discombobulated at all. <laughs>
2: has your Are world
1: you? been cattywampus of this late? morning <laughs> I, I have done that before but not lately in my older age i yes. just don't i just don't feel like cattywamping
0: <laughs> we're gonna have to tell everyone what we're and doing this is a
1: very private probably not funny joke well we'll people. look
0: we'll we'll include everyone in the folder yeah. just a moment but that'll be the fun part keep everyone guessing <laughs> okay so first i want to tell you the little story about even before I met you, Stephanie, and got your book. And that is, I was having an issue with the word crone. <laughs> she was. I was. Linda knows this. We, we actually did an episode discussing labels and age labels, and crone was my big one. Like, okay, I get maiden, I get mother, but how did I get to crone? I'm not <laughs> yeah. happy with that. We're so are
1: feeling crone.
0: No. That said... We'll get around to that. I know you're going to be able to share some good wisdom around that, and you're going to help me. Thank you so much. Um, before we dive in to learning even about your book, Creatrix Rising, can you tell us, you know, about yourself and why you even decided to write about aging?
2: I, writing is for me an encore career, and. Okay. Initially, I I thought that what I really wanted to do was write the great American novel. Everyone who has ever retired (laughs) thinks that they're going to write the great American novel. You still Um, might. Well, Ed, we still might. But during the time that I was really kind of honing in on my craft, now I do have a degree in writing and poetics, but it'd been a long time since I'd used any of those muscles. Um, I did two things. One is I started writing for a site called 60 and me, which is a big website that deals with women 60 and above. The second thing I did was I was the um, oldest rookie at the local newspaper and I did lifestyle articles just to, you know, kind of get the juices flowing. Um, what was interesting was the feedback that i got that i didn't expect other women would what? say yeah i'm with you i'm not i'm not ready to go you know, gently into that good night. I'm not ready to sit in the Barca lounger. Why does life have to be over at this age?
0: (laughs) I'm not buying a rocking chair yet.
2: I'm not buying a rocking chair yet, (laughs) you know? And so it became, it became an exploration for me, not only of, you know, what they were experiencing, but really of my own life, because it's like, suddenly all bets were off. You kind of know what you're supposed to do in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, even into your 50s, you kind of get to that point of somewhere between 50 and 60. The world starts changing the way it responds to you. You start responding differently to the world. So that's what brought about the idea of writing about age and the idea that we could age well. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly with attitude. I I mean, yes, mostly cholesterol. I mean, cholesterol numbers mean something, right? Right. But when I read George M. Valiant's book, um, Aging Well, and he was the director of the Harvard Study, which is the longest ongoing study of aging, the Harvard Study of Aging in the country. I think it's been going on for 45 years now. And he said at the end of the day, it's less about the numbers on your blood test and it's more about your attitude. That's what guarantees you aging well.
1: Yes, I so agree. Don't you guys think when I was in my 20s and 30s, I mean, I, I can use the word discombobulated because I, <laughs> I felt that every day. I just felt disconnected from my inner voice because I was so busy raising children, working. Um, you're really you know you're just not plugging in to our internal wisdom as much as I feel like I'm doing now but what I see happening to women after 50 is they become disconnected maybe they're connecting more with their inner voice but they're disconnecting with their feminine energy right and that to me is a real core don't you think Stephanie of our like our strength and our wisdom, you know, we have to reconnect with our feminine side that society kind of tells us isn't as important anymore after we turn 50.
2: Honestly, I don't think there has ever been a greater time in the history, at least of this country, that the necessity of older women, especially being in touch with that feminine side has Mm. ever been more necessary because women do power differently than men do. Yes, we do. It's not about, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to slay it. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, knock it dead. It's not that language. It's not the language of the warrior. And I, I think that the Dalai Lama is probably right. You know, women will lead us so that's my big hope for the world as I see these young women coming up and I watch my own generation getting older but also getting wiser and being less afraid to share some of that wisdom is that we are in a crucial time in our history and we have to step into our leadership role because no one else is going to do it the old oh. white guys at the top no. not going to do it you no. that's cool. done
0: Yeah. I I was just gonna say Mm -hmm. chills going through. And you know, I have to say, one of the things you also say in your book is you talk about how women are shamed around aging. And that I felt that when I read that. I felt that shame. Like, yes, I have felt shame because I have aged. And that's not the way we should be looking at this. We should be looking at this like we're we are still here. You're younger people, women, you should be happy, and lucky to get to we, where we are, right. right? And I want my young 20-year-old daughter to be excited to move through the ages, right? Yeah. <laughs> Deep <laughs> sigh. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Deep sigh. Now, I, I, I want to bring a little comic relief and explain the words that we've been using. Um, on a pre-talk, the three of us met pre-recording here, and we decided we had three words that we each loved, and one was... Cattywampus, that was, Stephanie gave us that one, and discombobulated, and gobsmacked. So we gave ourselves a challenge, if we could use those three words in our recording and have it make sense. So please, everyone listening.
2: Well, I'm gobsmacked that you brought that up.
0: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Well, I want to circle back to the crone issue, and that is the, you know, the emerging creatrix archetype where did it come from and why do you think midlife women are sometimes characterized as the crone and how can we get rid of that
2: <laughs> wow that's a lot that to was three questions yeah. in one <laughs> question so that unpack. was unfair <laughs> um well you said something at the very beginning of the show that i'm in a circle round, background too okay you said it just seemed so kind of disconnected to you to go from you know one day you're a mother and the next day you're a crone right. and that's kind of where this journey began for me I went what's missing you don't just go from motherhood now you're done having children and boom you're a crone
0: you don't count anymore
2: yeah, exactly but but like shouldn't there be something initially I thought well maybe there's something in between I wasn't even dealing with the word crone yet <laughs> so um, I looked for something, you know, what could you call that period of time? And I began writing about that period of time, which I think really begins sort of at menopause, the onset of menopause. So that's anywhere from 45 on up, because I think menopause is a physical initiation to a spiritual development. It's like, now, once you go through menopause, it's like, you're not going to keep, you're not going to keep having kids, but there is a reason that nature keeps us alive. Yeah. And that, I mean, that can be held as very sacred. There's a reason you and I have a purpose that we're here. So, um, that was the first thing where creatrix came from. Um, the second thing was <laughs> the crone issue. As <laughs> There's I <that> begin, one. <laughs> now I'm a word nerd. I totally like nerd out on words. I want to know what the etymology is, which for those of you who are not nerds, who are not word, nerds, yeah. <laughs> just tracing the word back to its origins. Where did it come right. from? So I traced the word crone back to its origins. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this word entered the lexicon around 1390 and it meant disagreeable old woman. It was meant as an insult. We got stuck with that. We got stuck with it, but I'm going to make it worse. Oh, great. The the origins of the word are Old French, carrion. And carrion is the rotting flesh of an animal that only the vultures will eat. Oh, my (laughs) God. That's where the word crown came from. Now, I'm of the mind (sighs) I'm gobsmacked. Uh, (laughs) You are gobsmacked. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Words matter. What we say, the words we use, matter. And so I know there have been lots of feminist groups in recent years who have tried to reclaim, and if you can see my fingers now, I'm making air quotes, reclaim the word crone. But there are some words that I just don't think are meant to be reclaimed. So how I made peace with that, I went, okay, let the crone be a placeholder for all of the years that we didn't have another name for this period of a woman's life. And let's honor her for that. But oh. then let's relegate her to the shadows where she can serve as as a warning voice to us. So it's not a matter of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So enter the creatrix. Creatrix. That came from what's that phase? If it's not Crone, yeah. then what is it? It's not motherhood. You're you've you know done that. So I thought about the word transformer, but there's a movie called Transformers where like <laughs> <laughs> robots turn into cars or something. Yeah. Or people Not quite turn the into ro-
0: feminine energy we're talking exactly about. I was looking
2: at. And then you have, you know, men have archetypes like sage and wizard for when they grow right. older. And those are very right. positive connotations. But women didn't have one. So my editor, as we were writing about this stuff, she said to me, what about the word creatrix? I thought she'd made the word up. But when I looked up the word creatrix, I went, oh, my God. She comes from the three Greek fates. There was the spinner, the weaver, and the cutter. They were the creators. The creatrix was the weaver. And so the word literally means, when you trace the etymology back, a woman who makes things. Oh, I so love that. And that's what midlife is. And doesn't that
0: just resonate with
1: you? We're still out there creating. Yes. Well, they do say if we, we are born as humans to create, and if and when we do stop creating, we will die. Even if so we're a, a
0: walking t- dead.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our
0: spirit dies. Yes. Well, so there's something to be said for that. Something. It's yeah.
2: like the, the creation is the microcosm of the macrocosm. There is a great creator that creates all things. And then there is the microcosm of that. And that's how we pay homage um, in our own lives is by making things, by making good, by making art, by making beauty. And I'm of the mind that beauty and art are inextricably tied to spirituality. Yeah. So beautiful. There you have it.
0: Thank you. That, that was, (laughs) thank you. Beautiful. (laughs) You know, everything we do on this podcast is because, well, first, Linda and I recognize that there are issues around women fearing getting old. And, and we have these same issues. So sure. this podcast is healing for us as well as for everyone who's listening. So how, how do you personally learn to celebrate aging? And we kind of touched on a few things, but, you know, how do we move past that fear of aging?
2: I think part of it is that the personal work, the sole work that we need to do at this time of our lives is to remove ourselves from the negative and stereotyped definitions and define ourselves. So like, like you said, like getting rid of the word crone, it just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that many women that want that as a title. <laughs> I, I never
1: even really thought about that word. I mean, I know it exists, but I really, Lisa brought it to my attention, but I hadn't, yeah, heard it in many, many years. As soon as I recognized I'd hit that phase, yeah, <laughs> I was
0: like, no, yes.
1: no, <laughs> no. The other thing that we do is we, I
2: think we have to support each other. I think that you have to yeah. have a posse of women that aren't going to judge you. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. That are going to remind you that, you know, it's like, are you shaming yourself for getting older? I mean, come on. Come on. Nora Ephron wrote an, an interesting book as she was getting older. Uh, my neck.
1: I love, I that, love book. that book. That's one of my favorite books. I love that book. And I
2: love the title of that book because yeah. we've all had that moment where we walk past a mirror as you're getting older and you go, God, when did oh, that yeah. happen? Yes. <laughs> and yet when I think of my grandmother, Julia, who was probably in her late 60s or early 70s when I first became aware of her, oh. um, she, I never noticed her wrinkles. What I remember about her are how blue her eyes were how high her cheekbones were because we come from a family of Pollocks, where we all have those little round high cheekbones. Beautiful cheekbones. blue eyes. And she was beautiful to me. And yet somehow, I think as a function of advertising, we judge ourselves more harshly because we're constantly bombarded with images that don't include a seat at the table for us. You know, it's like I bought Athleta for years and wore it. I still wear Athleta. I love it. Yeah. But at a Should certain we point, well, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I still love it. But at a certain point, there wasn't a seat at the table for me with that group because who they advertised to, they kind of like the cutoff was 40. Now, interestingly, um, a woman named Stephanie O'Dell started a modeling agency called Celebrate the Gray. Oh. And she was a former stylist for Athleta. And um, she started going out into the marketplace and saying, why are you leaving out these women? They're still consumers.
0: Right. Why
2: wouldn't you want to represent like the diversity of all of it, like the five-year-old and the 85-year-old? So um, I, I love that she did that. I love that there's a consciousness that's starting to creep into corporate America that will hopefully begin to eradicate gender ageism and some of the effects of gender ageism and one of the effects of gender ageism is seeing ourselves and our roles you know that when we're not included when you know it's like god where am i at the table i'm still wearing leggings
1: (laughs) well that's when women (laughs) me too (laughs) that's when women become invisible and that's why lisa named our podcast living visibly yes because we're teaching women and ourselves and how ourselves to, how to walk into a room and own it right at any age right any age, you can and do it. that's
2: what's valuable about a possible, yeah. about having yeah. that group of women that are going to call you on it when you slip into I just don't feel seen anymore it's like yeah. that, that's a call that's coming from inside and, the house yeah and that's also going to support you just in the beauty that you have you know
1: yeah well and I think a lot of this um yes our outer appearance is very key and Lisa and I are really good at walking women step by step through that process of coming out you know it's almost like your second coming out
0: Yes, um, or third.
1: We aren't 20 anymore, but <laughs> no. we can celebrate, you know, and really identify our own personal taste at this point and celebrate our beauty. But I think another part that I loved was your chapter 14, where you talk about soul work, because that I was think a good along with turning 50 and going through menopause is that time that you start looking inward and re-reflecting, reevaluating. who am I now? What do I want for the second half or the second third of my life? Um, and I think, uh, I just, I love, I think I wrote down some things um, that you wrote about because it was so impactful where you talk about, um, for, uh, let's see, Oh, you write that youthful beauty is gone for good along with late night dancing and early (laughs) spring mornings wrapped up in quilts with a lover. You know, we're just, we're we're kind of moving into a new phase where we're not able to stay up all night drinking and partying, but that's. Without paying for it the next day (laughs) at the very least. (laughs) It's being replaced with other things. Other beautiful things. Yes. I know you ask a lot of questions in your book about, you know, doing some of the work of self-reflection in soul work, but what do you recommend that women can do, you know, kind of easily just to ease their, start looking inside and figuring out who they are now and what they want to do with the rest of their lives.
2: Well, I I like the biblical phrase, be still and know I am God. And depending on where your mindset is with that, you can phrase it as be still and know I am. Mm -hmm. And that's just a really simple, sweet meditation that you can do in your quiet, you know, to use that as a mantra, be still and know that I am. That takes you out of the realm of doing your life for all the outward stuff and doing your life for the sake of inner knowledge, for the sake of self-knowledge, for the beauty of reflection upon a life lived this long and look at what you've learned from living this long. And this dog in the background is agreeing with everything I'm saying.
1: <laughs> that's my Rhodesian Ridgeback. He's becoming a big dog. <laughs> um yeah, I think that's so true and um like hanging out, learning to be alone and liking yourself and hanging out with yourself. You know, it's not as important for us to be out in groups and go into bars and
0: and what a groups. gift that is <laughs> oh, yeah. man. seriously such a <laughs> gift
1: oh, I'm man. reading a lot more you know I mean just that all that quiet time is just I'm absolutely loving it
2: it's a it is a reflective time of life yeah. and it's a time I think when we can go back and and look honestly and clearly at the places in ourselves that we felt were the most broken and instead of judgment or disdain for that, we can gather them in close and embrace them. And that's, I mean, that's the real healing that, you know, people look for throughout their lives. You know, when they're trying to heal some wound, eventually it's like, the wound's not going to go away. That stuff is here. But as you get older, you're able to get quiet enough to pull it in close And it like, it does become a part of yourself that you love. You know, what's that? There was a great old Humphrey Bogart line where he says to the woman at the end of the movie, something like, um, I don't know how you got the way you are. I just know that I love you the way you are. And what you were before doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I think that that's what we all look for in our lives in terms of of healing and and reflecting so that's one of the things that we can do for ourselves too it's like it doesn't matter how i got here you know good bad ugly indifferent what matters is who i am now and am i happy with myself now and if not then who do i want to be it's never too late to change
1: Right. I love that, and really removing. I listen to and read uh, Brené Brown. Yeah, lot, and she's really honing in on that—the gift of imperfection. I love her book, and just really letting go of the shame. And we've all experienced done things in our lives, and you know, by the time you get to be our age, you've got kind of a nice list going. <laughs> <laughs> we've done that burn we that list <laughs> burn it <laughs> and so kind of going back and forgiving ourselves for all yes. of that, and not being feeling that sh- that inner shame which Brene Brown says is like the leading cause of depression and feeling low self-esteem do you find that I mean that's kind of like you're talking about this yes is the because those we are
2: those things that we don't forgive ourselves those are the things that contract us and we're really at a phase in our life from 50 onward where the work is to expand that's why women leaders 50 and beyond are so dynamic yeah it's like we don't we don't do that contraction anymore because we're not trying to please all the people around us
1: right yes hallelujah
2: It
0: it is a new era where we are expanding and not contracting. I love that.
1: I do too. And I think we're through your book and through our conversations, we are really changing the characterization of what it means to be an older woman in society. Yes. And how expansive it can be. I just love that. There are no more boundaries. We don't have to please anymore. We please ourselves. We do. Yeah. Yeah. It brings all kinds of possibility.
0: So before we forget, I want you to share with everyone where they can find you, Stephanie.
2: You can find me at byline-stephanie.com. There's a whole thing in there, how to contact me. You can look at my books there. You can look at my blog there. You can Great! can look at all my opinions there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. We will make sure to put that link in the show notes.
2: Thank you. Yeah. How
0: wow. are we feeling?
2: How fun was this? I mean, <laughs> I, you know, my big disappointment is, wait a second, we're not done. Isn't it time to like make mo- a Moscow mule or something and just continue <laughs> yeah. this conversation into the night?
0: <laughs> wait. Yes. Are we going to do that on a rocking chair? Are we going to go dancing, or what's? No, we can do it in
2: the rocking
1: chair, really,
0: okay. <laughs> or at least on a, the cushy sofa.
1: The, on the cushy sofa with is a throw good. blanket. <laughs> well, I think yeah. we live in in on the west west of the Mississippi. You're in Austin, yes, right, Stephanie, and Lisa's in California. I'm in New Mexico, so at least you know maybe that's a re- in the realm of possibility.
2: It, you know, I was just in New Mexico. I oh, was in you? Santa Fe for a writers conference. It was divine.
1: Oh, it was the first
2: like it was the first place other than Home Depot and the grocery store <laughs> that I had been in over eighteen months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yay! You were, you were right in Linda's neck of the woods. You
1: were. I, wish I, was, I knew
2: that it was called the Her Spirit Writers Retreat, done by Story Summit, mm. and um, they just put on a wonderful retreat. And they're a wonderful
1: resource for writers. So there i was in the oh, thick I'm of it oh i'm happy to hear that yeah well, this is a wonderful destination
0: next time you yeah. go you look linda up That's <laughs> <right>. i will
1: <laughs> totally go shopping
0: well ladies i feel very very full i i have a lot to think about what do you, you... <laughs> i mean thank you so much stephanie, you, stephanie for
2: joining thank us thank you i had a great time. time with you guys it was a little cattywampus at first. But,
0: you know. <laughs> I think we, words in. Did we do it? I think it's we a check it. mark. I think we check, did it. Check and check. All right. We will see. And see, I guess we will see and listen to everyone <laughs> later. Yes. And Thank you.
1: beautifully visible, everyone.
0: Please. Yes, that's for sure. All right. Signing off. Thanks. Thank you for being here and listening to the entire Living Visibly Over 50 podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Your five-star rating, wink, wink, and review helps us reach more women so they too can get a confidence boost to show up and stand out over 50. And be sure to head over to simplebeautyminerals.com for your beauty and skincare needs and truecolorsbylinda.com to enroll in a color and style course. But wait, bonus! We are running a contest. Leave us a written review on iTunes, screenshot your review and message us to Instagram or Facebook and you'll be entered into the contest. We'll choose a winner once a month who will receive a 15% gift code from both Lisa and Linda.